I'm preaching a word today called stay. Stay. Maybe it's just a prophetic word for you right now. Stay. It's a word that I've never really done well with, to be honest. Um, I know my three boys are watching this morning, and they've never really done well with it either. So uh, I thought I'd just share a story, because years ago, I was outside my parents' house, and I got told by my father, it's what they do, fathers tell you stuff like this, stay, it doesn't make sense to a little guy in a car. It's like, does he mean stay in the car? Does he mean the car has to stay here? He wasn't clear. He didn't specify, so I just assumed he meant stay in the car. So I stayed in the car, but I assumed the car didn't need to stay here. So I jumped in the driver's seat, not knowing what to do. I, there was a little thing on the side that you turned, and it shot in, and the car started to move. And I thought, that's not good. So I grabbed it, and I'm holding on with all my might. It felt like for hours and hours as the car perched on Curry Road in Durban. And basically, Curry Road is like it sounds, up and down. It's not straight. <laughs> And so uh, this car, this three-liter Cortina, yes, the infamous, parked, and I'm holding on. I didn't realize that, that I, all my dad said was stay. He didn't just mean stay in the car. He meant just stay still. And eventually he came back, which felt like hours, but it was probably 10 minutes. And he just turned to the side, and I realized that's all I had to do to put the handbrake back on. But I learned a lesson. Listen to a word when it gets told you by someone who loves you, like a word like stay. Put it in the comments. I know I'm going to explain it more, but Jesus wants to speak to us. And um, I want to read it from a famous scripture. I know you know it. We've been preaching from the book of Mark, some of the miracles the evangelist Mark shares. And, and there's one in the incredible book of Mark chapter 6. There's this beautiful miracle of Jesus feeding 5,000 from five loaves and two fish. Yeah, the numbers don't work out. That's called a miracle. It's called Jesus. And just after that scene, straight after that scene, we jump into an incredible story where Jesus walks on water. I want to share from that today, verse 45 of Mark chapter 6. It says this, immediately, I love the descriptors, immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to Bethsaida while he dismissed the crowd. After leaving them, he went up on a mountainside to pray. Later that night, the boat was in the middle of the lake, and he was alone on land. He saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. Shortly before, he went out to them walking on the lake. He was about to pass by, but when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost. They cried out because they all saw him and were terrified. Immediately, he spoke to them and said, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Then he climbed into the boat with them, and the wind died down. They were completely amazed, for they had not understood about the loaves. Their hearts were hardened. Let me pray. Jesus, I pray as we sang this morning, we bring you all the glory, all the honor, all the praise. But I pray, Spirit of God, invade homes and hearts this morning. Speak to us. Even this word, stay, stay. Let it be so deep down inside of our hearts this morning. As Mark the Evangelist speaks and brings us this story, even this week, there are challenges and there are trials and there are storms brewing. We need to see the miracle worker today. I pray, let us see Jesus. All the glory to you. Amen. Amen. Point number one is this. Stay amazed. 
Stay amazed. In the book of Mark, if you read it from start to back, you'll see in the first few chapters, the word amazed as a descriptor of how they saw Jesus was mentioned 12 times. It's incredible. In Mark chapter 1, they were amazed at his teachers, teaching because he taught with one who had authority. And it carries on in Mark chapter 1, a new teaching and with authority gives orders to evil spirits and they obeyed him. They were amazed. It says that he had authority to drive out demons. Kabumba, who no one had done that. Um, it says they had, he gave authority over evil spirits. The disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus said, children, how hard is it to enter? He spoke these words and they were going, wow. You know the amazing thing? It carries on and it says they were amazed at his teaching, the teachers of the law, the chief priests, but it even escalated in Mark chapter 15 where it says, Pilate was amazed as Jesus stood there and gave no reply. Pilate was amazed. So I want to present to you this morning, it's not hard to be amazed by Jesus. Why? Because he's the miracle worker. It's not hard when he's driving out demons. It's not hard when he's doing amazing things like multiplying food. But the Bible presents that it might be hard to stay amazed. To stay amazed. See, much like marriage, and on that marriage day, everyone's looking their best. I was until I took the knees off my tuxedo on the dance floor, but that's fine. But, but there's until... But it's, it's, it's easy to be amazed on your marriage day by your spouse. But what about the day when your husband's got man flu? It's a real thing, ladies. And he's fighting it. He's fighting the man flu. It's hard to stay amazed. It just is. I get it. I get it. But unfortunately, it's incredible. The story in Mark chapter 6 plays out. Jesus does a miracle of feeding 5,000 men, which means it would have been more than 10,000 people there by multiplying a few loaves and a few fish, five loaves and two fish. And you know what? The disciples got to play a part in that miracle. They were the waiters of the glory of God. They were dishing out the food as it was broken. And they're going, where did this come from? And then at the end, they put buckets and buckets of food and basketfuls of food together. And Jesus says, immediately, he sends them on the boat. Let's be honest. They should be feeling the top of the wave. Their faith levels should be here. They're like, we know. Maybe others would doubt, but we were there when that little dude brought his loaves and his fish. We were there. We saw the multiplication. We saw it firsthand. They should be on the top of the mountain. Faith should be rising up. They should be able to take on any giants, any challenge. And the amazing thing we see later in the scripture says this, they were completely amazed for they had not understood about the loaves. Their hearts were hardened. They didn't understand. Where did the Bible ever say you're going to understand anything? Where did it say that? Tell me. Where the Bible says you're going to understand how the miracles of the bread were done. You're going to understand how Jesus raised the little girl. You're going to understand how Jairus got up. You're going to un- the Bible doesn't say you're going to get understanding. The Bible says you get Jesus. And these guys didn't understand. You know what they did? Their hearts got hardened. Come on. He's just fed the masses and they let their hearts get hardened. And we do the same thing. We do the same thing. We wonder why we don't see the miracles. Jesus does this most awesome miracle. And everyone's amazed. They're like, wow. Wow. But they cannot stay amazed for just a few hours. 
Forget days and years, just a few hours. Jesus says, immediately sends them to the boat. They go to the boat, but they cannot stay amazed. Their hearts get hardened, and then they start to fear. Fear is always at the door. It's the human condition. We struggle. It's the father we preached about in Mark chapter 9 last week. Jesus, I believe, but help me with my unbelief. That is my human condition. I believe with everything inside of me, but when the winds start blowing... And the challenges come. Although I was amazed hours ago as you multiplied the bread, right now I'm struggling to stay amazed. And I'm telling you this morning, church, there is power in staying amazed. Stay amazed by Jesus. See, they went from completely faithful, look at the bread, look at the baskets, miracle. I can see it too. Where are you? Our church, we've got to be... Stronger. Our strength is in our amazement to Jesus. Point number two, simple, simple today. Stay the course. Stay the course. I watched this incredible documentary about Chris Burtish, a Cape Town boykie who jumped on a stand-up paddleboard a little bit bigger and went from Morocco across the Atlantic on his own with no one around. Have you watched it? It's unbelievable. You should do it. Pele, you should actually do that trip, I think. And, um, but he, he just, he got on his stand-up paddleboard, months and months of preparation. He was ready to go. He had trained. What he hadn't prepared for was a wind coming up, a storm coming up that shouldn't have been there that time of the year, blowing directly into him, and he could not paddle through it. And all his training and all his everything could not get him through the storm. And he had to deviate his path a bit, hide behind some islands, and then get back on the course that was plotted to get to the Atlantic. It was early on in his trip, and if he had bailed then, he would have missed out on the joy of paddling in on the other side. He had to stay the course. See, Jesus did tell his disciples, it says he made them get into the boat. He didn't give them the option. He didn't say, should you want to today go on a boat trip? He said, guys, I am your rabbi now. I am your teacher. Get in the boat and go ahead of him to Bethsaida. The amazing thing is he called them to do this. He gave them the direction and the destination, and he told them to get in the boat and go on ahead of him. You know what he didn't tell them? It's going to get dark. Well, let's just deal with that first. Guys, the darkness comes every day. There's day and night. There's night every day. And yet somehow we get confused. We get challenged with the rhythms of life. Where is Jesus when it gets dark? And you know what he didn't tell them? It's going to get windy. And I love that scripture. It says, later that night, the boat was in the middle of the lake and he was alone on the land. He saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. Oh, Jesus, you told us to get in the boat. How can the wind be against us? He says, what? You've just seen me multiply bread and fish. You were there. I fed the thousands, and you don't think I can control the winds? See, Jesus knew the journey of faith could be would be fought out against all the elements, and he needed his boys, his disciples to get it that your feeble heart can vacillate so quickly because of a bit of wind. See, maybe, maybe the wind's against you right now. 
So what we do is we go, well, shucks, let me change. Let me just go with the wind. Gone with the wind. Good title for a movie, if anyone's thinking. But, but Jesus, I prayed, and God told me to start this business, but now this wind, and I cannot move, and I'm paddling, and I'm paddling. He says, stay the course. Oh, Jesus, but, but you showed me. Someone prophesied, and then someone else prophesied, and, and you told me to jump into this thing. Yes, God told us to plant a church a few weeks before a pandemic. Stay the course. Yeah, but, but God, I expected my marriage to be different. I expected all those issues that were there before our marriage to just disappear. No, stay the course. See, Jesus said this, surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. He didn't say there won't be winds. He didn't say there wouldn't be storms. He said he'd be with you. He didn't say it'd be rosy and flowers and spring every day. No, he said there'll be seasons, but I'll be with you. He didn't say it'll be smooth terrain. He said there'll be mountains and valleys, but I will be with you and I'll be the rose of Sharon, the lily of the valley. I will be with you. We've got to get our thinking straight. But the problem is the minute the wind starts to pick up, we start getting anxious. We get terrified and we forget. He's just multiplied bread and loaves in our lives day after day after day. It's about who Jesus is. Stay amazed. Stay the course. Two more points. This is the one I struggle with the most. Stay patient. Oh, this one sucks. Can I say that? Oh, I don't want to preach this. Can I just go into point number four? Point number four, I like. This one I struggle with. This one is not my best. It's like, it says this, shortly before dawn, he went out to them walking on the lake. He was about to pass by them. But when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost. They cried out because they all saw him and were terrified. Just stop there. Earlier it says, later that night. I'm thinking nine, ten o'clock. Later that night. And then it says, shortly before dawn. That means Jesus saw them nine, ten o'clock. He watched them. They were already straining at the oars. Come on, boys. And then it says, whoop, just before dawn, Jesus, I'm just going to walk past them. He knew the whole time they were straining. Stay the course. Stay amazed. Jesus is watching. He says, stay patient. Why? Because God's timings are not our timing. I just imagine Jesus walking. He's watching them. He goes, time is on my side. Why? Because he's the God of eternity. He's bigger then, mightier then. And your six hours in the storm might feel like an attorney. Jesus says, it's just a moment in my hands. I've never taken my eyes off you. I promised I'd be with you. I need you to believe it. I need you to see it. Why? Because there are learnings in the lag and there's faith in the waiting. That's what faith looks like. It's easy to be faithful when there's multiple. Look at the Jesus show is on the go. And we're his disciples. Look at us. We're so full of faith handing you your bread and your fish. Look at us. We're amazing. Oh, we're in a boat. We're dying. 12 hours later. We're not talking 12 years later. Think of Daniel, 67 years. Think of Paul. All the times he was shipwrecked. No, the disciples, 12 hours later. Ah! 12 hours before, we're part of the Jesus faith show. Whoa, 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 bread, fish, bread, fish. 
See, we love to spiritualize the storm and somehow convince ourselves that we can convince God that he wasn't in the word that he spoke to us before. Stop spiritualizing the storm. Put your head down. Stay the course. Stay the course. Stay the course. Point number four. Because stay patient. I've got to move on because I'm impatient. <laughs> stay patient. It's a hard lesson to learn. It's easy to be patient in the good times. We, we don't struggle with patience in the good times. We don't struggle with patience when God seems to be answering according to our agenda. My kids don't struggle when I give them the things they love in the time that they want it, but they struggle when I ask them to wait. And there's a necessary journey of maturity in learning to stay patient. That is so essential. Lastly, stay desperate. Stay desperate. Stay amazed, stay the course, stay patient, stay desperate. It says this, he was about to pass by them. But when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost. Jesus was just happy to pass by with the miracle. You know that? I reckon sometimes Jesus is happy to pass by. Because he's looking for something. What was he looking for? They cried out because they all saw him and were terrified. Immediately he spoke, immediately. They cried out and immediately. They cried out immediately. Because Jesus loves a people who are desperate for him. He doesn't want the fanfare crowds. He wants the disciples in a boat risking the elements because he told them to go a certain way. Crying out for him. Immediately he spoke to them. Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Then he climbed into the boat with them and the wind died down. They were completely amazed. Oh, they're all amazed again. Oh, we're amazed again. Amazed, terrified, amazed, terrified. Stop it. Amazed. For they had not understood about the loaves. Their hearts were hardened. See, my experience is people cried for Jesus to be in the boat only when the boat's underwater and they're pumping it out. Come, Jesus. I had it until now. It's, it's, it's my kids who I love and they're watching now, but they climb a tree and I, oh, you're right. I'm fine. I'm fine. I got this. Leave me alone, dad. Dad! Hanging on by a branch. It happens like this. See, I said it last week. Desperation defeats destruction every time and we forget our state of desperation. Desperation, although in this world is seen as weakness, is seen as as brokenness, is seen as only desperate people. Weak people get desperate. People with issues get desperate. Only those people get desperate. I wanna tell you, desperation is an incredible state and has a divine perspective and many blessings follow a state of desperation. Desperate beyond comfort. Desperate beyond reputation, desperate beyond tradition, desperate beyond cosmetics, desperate beyond emotions, desperate beyond reason, desperate beyond just people in our lives, and desperate for Jesus, just needing Him in our boat. I love it. Jesus doesn't even come with any kaboomba, kaboomba, boom, waves down. He just gets in the boat. He just gets in the boat. He just wants to get in your boat. But are you desperate? 
I'm desperate for that TV. I'm desperate for that thing in my life. If I, if I just got that promotion, I'm desperate for that promotion. I'll hustle and I'll move and I'll work hours and I'll put alongside and I'll move cities and I'll jump nations just desperate to get that one up in life. Are you desperate for the lover of your soul? And will you stay there? See, we all get there. But will you stay there? You're going to get there. But I'm telling you today, I'm giving you license and telling you it's a powerful position to be, to stay there. Stay desperate. The world's going to say, that's failure. The Bible says Jesus gets in your boat. Stay amazed. Easy to become amazed by Jesus. I've seen people healed of cancers miraculously and walk away from loving Him. Will you stay amazed? Stay the course. I've seen Jesus speak to one person, silence a crowd, thousands quiet, and speak to one person, a voice to his life confirmed, and yet that word cannot hold and sustain through a light breeze that begins to blow in a marriage, in a storm, in, in an inconvenience. Stay the course. Stay patient. Ah, oh, flip. I really thought by now God would have brought XXX into my life. Ha, done with that. Gonna make a plan. Uh. And a ship opened up to Tarshish and Jonah got swallowed by a whale. Stop telling me about open doors. Please stay patient in the promises of God and watch him overwhelm you because he is the miracle worker. And he wants you to tell testimonies of his goodness in your life, not your ability to make plans. And lastly, stay desperate. Here's what I promise you, believer, husband, wife, whatever stage of life you find yourself in, you will get desperate one day. And you'll be desperate for Jesus. My encouragement is stay desperate. Stay there. Stay there. And when other desperations want to creep up in your heart, call them what they are. It's called idolatry. And stay desperate. It's the posture of a worshiper. It's the posture of power before an almighty God who loves you. And he wants to get into your boat. And he wants to speak to your soul. Take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. Take courage. Take it. It's I. Jesus. I'm in your boat. But you're so distracted by other desperations and you're so impatient in the promises. You can't see me. I'm here. You're so, you're so aware of your own ability to navigate the storm that you don't see me walking on the water straight past. It's not that I don't love you. It's that I need you to see me, to stay, 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 stay. Will you close your eyes with me? I feel like this is a, more than just a teaching from a book in the Bible, more than just a narrative. This is a word to your soul, to my soul, to the soul of every believer. Now we are called to stay 
stay amazed. Stay the course. Stay patient. Stay desperate. Oh, Jesus, I repent of running and making a plan, fixing my eyes on other things. I'm preaching to myself this morning, God. I am desperate for you, Jesus. Like that 15, 14 year old you encountered and you spoke into his heart who was desperate for you. I'm a bit older, I'm a bit wiser maybe, but I'm more desperate for you, God. I need you more than ever. Jesus, we need you more than ever. We lay aside our abilities to make plans. We put aside our abilities to structure. Oh, that's a new way to go. That's a nice open door. I'm just going to take a different route. Jesus says, no, I'm going to pass by you. Will you see me on that different route? Oh, He wants to grow us up, church. He wants to speak. He wants to challenge. He wants to do miracles in your life and mine, in our community, in our city, in our nation at this time, the miracle worker wants to do miracles. And the ships are sinking all over the place. I was praying on the beachfront the other day. 13 ships out, big ones. What if they just started to sink? What if a storm came up and they just started to sink? Because that's what's happening in your suburbs, in your marketplace. It's happening. Will you see? Will you stay the course? Will you stay patient? Will you stay amazed? Oh, Jesus, we worship you.